Hello once again, everyone, and welcome to another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Travis. I do the Nest Friend stuff. That's Alex. He's all SNES drunk all the time. And we're back here in the 90s again, Alex. 1993. That's right. That's right. 1993. And uh, what, were, what were you doing in 93? I was, I was 11 years old this time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, hard to believe since I was 10 the year before and now I'm 11. Can't believe it. I don't know, that's that's just how time works, I guess. <laughs> it seems but, to uh, be working that way, yeah. I tell you what, 93 is a big year for me. If I look back through my yearbooks, I go from 1992 to 1993, one thing sticks out to me. Uh, I gained about 40 pounds, and I'll tell you why. There was a big <laughs> blizzard that came through the southeast. In the southeast, we don't do snow. You know, we're not used mm-hmm. to it. Uh, and we're definitely not used to like three and a half feet of it, which dumped on us there in the winter of 93. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Right there early. And uh, I didn't leave the house. All I did, I think, I guess, based on the, I mean, I have photographic evidence that all I did was eat bologna. And so I gained a, a little <laughs> bit of weight. So that, that's the funny thing for me is looking back through. Uh, I definitely, I got to be a little bit chunky that year. So I must have been having fun. I must have been loving it. You know, now that you mention it, is your area near Charlotte, North Carolina? Yeah, we're about uh, yeah about two hours away from that. That's actually the biggest two hours city. Away. It's the biggest city close to me. Okay, because I remember my dad used to travel for work, and um, he had to be in Charlotte for some reason. He ended up staying there an extra like two or three days because of a, a huge blizzard. And if I had to guess, I would say that yeah, it was probably ninety three. Yeah, that sounds right. So that's f- pretty funny that you mentioned that because yeah. He was, oh my God, I'd never seen him so mad. He was so, so sick of being in, in, you know, Charlotte. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I bet that amount of snow to him was like a Tuesday in Minnesota. But from down here in the South, we're like, what do we do? What? Yeah. We thought it was the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, What you do is you drive slowly and uh, you don't, uh, you don't, you drive if you don't have to. That, That always helps. But if you have to, you drive real slow. I remember we were out of school for like a solid month because of that. Holy crap. Yeah. We didn't have the infrastructure for it. No one was like ready for that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the same as uh, uh, New Mexico. Like when it snows here, even like two inches, everything is closed. Yeah. Yeah, Didn't plan for it. Not going to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, well, there's no plows. There's no salt trucks. There's no sand trucks. Right. So it's probably the smart thing. Yeah. To just like, yeah, let's close everything. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you know, that was me in 93. I got a little bit chunky. Uh, what about you? Let's see. 93 would have been, uh, I, I was just, you know, balls deep in some Super Nintendo, big time. Of course. Like, just all day, every day, I was renting. Like, that is like my Super Nintendo Prime, basically. <laughs> like, I am renting. My friend and I, my friend Dan that lived down the road from me, he, him and I are just, like, renting every game that we can find. Uh, I'm right in the middle of my... Nintendo Power subscription. Uh, I think the Super Star Wars games were the, the big ones that came out that year, if I remember correctly. But because um, I remember those, like, oh wow, it's Star Wars games, and they're not crappy like the NES ones, and uh, they're still impossible. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I remember playing. Um, I'm trying to see here. I was all in what on the Genesis. I think '93 was when. Uh... What? I think that was when the the NBA Jam landed on in my lap. I think that was when I went. Oh, okay. Went deep on the. And jam. you're still to this day like Mister. Love it. And like when you walk into a club, they call you Mister NBA Jam. They say, "Hey basically. Jam," that's what they say. Hey Jam, to me. yeah, for sure. 
I just actually beat the the Wii uh, 2010 NBA Jam the other night, and uh, that that's good too. That's good too. They brought Tim Kitzrow back, oh, right on, and it's got all the updated rosters, has some throwback stuff in there. That's a good port, all right. Not, it's a good version, and there's other ports for the PS3 and the uh, the 360. Yeah, yeah, highly excellent. Recommend. Yeah, but we're not talking about 2010. That hasn't happened. Yet. We're talking about 1993, Alex. Yeah. What else? Uh, so, should, should we dive right back into that? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. For, so, so other stuff for Super Nintendo, we had uh, Mega Man X, mm. Mario All Stars, Secret of Mana, WWF Royal Rumble, which I've rented like a million times. Oh, the but best. The biggest Is that the game best wrestling me, game? By the way, is that the best? Sixteen uh, bit game. Sixteen bit game. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. I agree with you there. That's a great game. I mean, it's got the great roster. Of, yes. Um. You're you're not clogging things up with stupid Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior anymore. Now you've got like <laughs> Bret Hart. You got Ric Flair. You got Razor Ramon. Shawn Michaels. Like yeah. Mr. Perfect. Undertaker. Like that had the absolute best. Yeah. Roster. And it had I think the Genesis and the Super Nintendo had a slightly different roster. If I remember correctly, it did. Yeah, uh, the Genesis had a, had uh, the Super Nintendo could claim a win there because the Genesis one had like Papa Shango and uh, IRS. Did they have like Doink and Dink, or did <laughs> it, they both have? <laughs> oh, I think the uh, WWF Raw oh, had Raw. Doink. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I loved Royal Rumble because the actual Royal Rumble worked. Like it gave yes. you a timer, and you got the it, it was so awesome in the music. And this is a sixteen yeah, game we're the, talking about. It killed it. Yeah, just killed it. It was um a lot of fun. It was it was cool to take um uh a random wrestler and just uh you know, see if he could win the Royal Rumble with each guy basically. Um that was always a lot of fun. Um but the big game for me though, I got it for my birthday in 93 was Star Fox. Mm-hmm. That was one of those like really special like game like i that was the first game where i felt like this was custom made for me specifically because you got the sweeping epic like star wars style music you're in a ship like shooting everything there's big explosions you got talking foxes talking rabbits talking falcons like it's i i just i still love that game so much um do you play know, it all the time do you know what he's because you know there's that phrase that's very often uttered in that game and it, it, this is what it sounds like to me, and it sounds like oh yeah. double wing damage or something like that. Like what is? It? Do you know what he's saying right there? I, I now see you as the expert. Nothing. It's it's just a bunch of gibberish. It's gibberish. Yeah, Man, that was hours of conversation between me and my friends, like fighting over what he was saying. I was like I'm pretty sure he's saying double wing damage. I'm like, well, I didn't get hit in the wing, so why would he say that? <laughs> you know, there was a kid uh, I went to elementary school with uh and his name was robert rudell <laughs> and i remember one of the the gibberish lines was robert rudell <laughs> i was like hey man yes. how's, it, how's it feel like to be mentioned in uh in star fox you're, you're a celeb a minor celebrity wow i can hear that i can now i'll never not hear robert rudell in that game <laughs> also he sounds like a jobber that's a jobber name robert rudell <laughs> Hey, he's no uh, Tommy Salsa or whatever. <laughs> oh, Bobby Salsa. <laughs> Bobby Salsa. <laughs> Immediately vaulted to the top of my jobber rankings. <laughs> Bobby Salsa. Such a great, so good. great name. But meanwhile, the NES is still kicking around in 1993. and still Lives forever. Still ch- churning out quality. Kirby's Adventure. Battletoads and Double Dragon, DuckTales 2, Man. which gets slept on a little bit. And it's it's the superior DuckTales. Don't at me. That's oh. that's good. That's a good game right there. I mean, both are great, but that one 
Th- that that one's good. It just doesn't have the nostalgia that er- that the re- the other one does because everyone had moved on. And the you know yeah, everybody fell in love with like the music and the moon stage and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Kirby's a real banger. NES. Oh, K- Kirby's. I I get crap from for saying this, but it's probably a top five NES game for me. Yeah, that's good. Just because it's so much fun to just like get all the different power ups that Kirby can can do. Uh, so that one's always a a fun one to revisit. Yeah. I do want to call special mention on the Sega Genesis. So, Street Fighter II Champion Edition came out in '93 for Genesis, and that was a major deal because in the uh, on the playground, you know, in the classroom, when we're, when we're talking smack, and I'm I'm going to bat for Super Nintendo, I can no longer claim that hey, we got Street Fighter, we win. Yeah. That's that's end of story. Now Sega Genesis hasn't. So now we have to like move the goalposts and ship, shift our argument to like, well, uh, Super Nintendo better controller. <laughs> it's not as not as not as good. It's like, well, you can just get the six button controller. No, the, you shouldn't have to get another uh, thing controller. You don't need to do that with Super Nintendo. So yeah, it was always a, it was always <laughs> an uphill battle. Aladdin too. Aladdin was everywhere. Yeah, Aladdin's a banger. That's a really good game. I, I, I gotta give props to the Genesis on that one. That's the better Aladdin game. Yeah, I I think so. It's close though. They're both. I mean, you, that's one of those things where it's like if you, you could start a war with that alone, <laughs> you take the the. There were wars. I mean, and on our and our uh, on the right. on the monkey bars and on <laughs> on the slides and stuff like that. No, I don't know. But uh, I think to this but, day, that's still the thing that people will fight about between the two consoles i think a lot of people have been like yeah no yeah you know at the end of the day i like both consoles but if you're like if you go to the wrong person and be like hey man genesis aladdin was the better aladdin like you you might get beat up still to this day them's fighting words yeah some people them's fighting words man they really really love it uh you got some shinobi (laughs) 3 in there nhl 94 the game that lives on like people still yes play that game yeah yeah and for good reason because it was the it, that was the year they got it right like the, the gameplay the, uh, they got that fixed angle from that camera angle from overhead uh the controls are perfect uh it's a, maybe a perfect video game wow you heard it here folks perfect video game nhl 94 uh and that's right and then mutant league football which today i just um i just put together my complete copy i'd had the manual for a long time and finally got uh got the old clamshell and cart together can't wait to play that with my nephew he and i like to play blitz and stuff together this would just be kind of a yeah kind of another take on that great i mean that'll that, be fun i love i love this concept i wish i would say i wish they continued to do this but they really did release like a mutant league football game for i know it came out on switch probably some other platforms like I think five years. I ago. remember seeing it on Steam. I think, yeah, it was fucking terrible. It was the it was awful. <laughs> so you can't win them all. I mean, no surprises there. You you would have already yeah. heard about it if it were good, but yeah. uh, unfortunately, no. But I do like that uh, idea for a game. Uh, Turbo Graphics kind of being put to bed around this time. Um, Game Boy yep. though. Game Boy comes out. Game Boy spiraling. Link's Awakening. Yeah, Final Fantasy Legend Three. Uh, and Kirby's Pinball Land, another Kirby represented. I haven't played that Kirby. Is that uh, a good Kirby? Pinball Land? I think it's fine. I don't remember really playing it much. I just picked it out because it was, uh, you know, a good, you know, good release, popular game that sold a ton of copies. Heck yeah. Well, as always, we'd be interested to hear because we're talking about 
specifically U.S. stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let us know. Let us know about some games. If you if you don't live in the U.S. or didn't at the time, let us know what was uh, what was popular for you where you were in 1993 or 1994 or 1995. We we have just stock us up. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, music though, this might be my. I'll 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 say early '90s. I'll segment into the early '90s because I haven't done my research beyond 1995 just yet. But this might be my favorite year for music in the early '90s because mm. I mean to this day, and I'm still this guy. I'm still a you know I'm a cargo shorts wearing, uh, <laughs> you know I wear my socks halfway up my shins. Uh, I don't have a cool haircut. Like I've been a dad since I was about eight, and <laughs> I still jam out to Tool and Pearl Jam and Aerosmith and Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana, all the grunge stuff. And this was a good year for me because all I'm still that taking ninety one. But that's uh, fair. I can't dispute can't dispute uh, the greatness that's there. I was obsessed with Aerosmith. Get a grip. Dude, that was like yes. I had that on cassette. Uh, played mm-hmm. it front and back. Uh, all day, every day. Um, that makes me. I didn't so get happy. into Tool until yeah. I didn't get into Tool until later, much later in the, into uh, high school. But Undertow is a damn good album. It's so good. Um, Nirvana in Utero is another huge one. Uh, I think a lot. I remember a lot of people being kind of disappointed in that one because it didn't sound a lot like Nevermind. Right. But it's still really freaking good. And then you started getting some of the grunge like. Posers like Candlebox. Yeah, and, they had that uh, one song, right? Everybody knows. And I left you far behind. <laughs> and you could do that for like seven of the bands that came out that year, and it would sound the exact same. <laughs> yep. And Soul Asylum was huge because they're well, they were huge for me because they were in Minneapolis uh, from Minneapolis. Oh. I never really liked them very much, though. Yeah, they they lack something. There's something missing with a lot of their stuff, but it is super popular still. Still played on the radio. There's a really funny story. Uh, I am uh, used to be friends with this uh, guy back home in uh, West St. Paul, Minnesota. He runs the store, a uh, music store called Eclipse Music. And um, wh- he says one time when he was behind the counter, the, the uh, guitarist from Soul Asylum, not the singer guy, but the guitarist, came into his store and it was busy there were a lot of people there and he says the dude just like kind of walked around just waiting to get noticed you know waiting (laughs) waiting nobody notices him and finally john uh my friend it's like like hey man uh do you need help with anything can i get you some strings or something (laughs) like is there anything in particular you're looking for and he tells me that he got all huffy he was like oh and just walked out. Wow! Like I think he was expecting free stuff because he was he wanted to be recognized. Yeah, as man, Soul Asylum guy, local <laughs> hero. He was wearing a Soul but, Asylum uh, T-shirt, and on the back it said Brad, <laughs> just like to let you know it was him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like a jersey, yeah. except it's. Uh... Wait, are you Brad from Soul Asylum? Now that you've turned around. <laughs> No way. <laughs> uh, man, that's that's hilarious. I wanted to touch back on that Get a Grip because uh, that famously has the, the cow udder that's pierced on the on the cover. Yes. And my sister was my pal. She was my, my music conduit because when I was a kid, you know, I liked my, – my sister was 11 years older than me. She was a cool teenager for most of my, you know, early years. I wanted to listen to what she was listening to. And my parents were not so much into that. She, they were trying to like buffer me away from some of that metal and some huh. of that stuff. And so my sister would actually sneak me 
uh, you know, tapes and stuff to listen to, whether they were hers or she'd just buy them for me. And she would always try to facilitate, and I've always been kind of a collector at heart, so she would facilitate this Aerosmith collection for me. So at one point, I had all of the cassettes, and then she started giving me the CDs, and and unfortunately, I was a sort of a disorganized teenager, and some of that stuff got lost in, you know, ex-girlfriend's mm. cars and things. But bottom line, I remember having to hide the shit out of that tape because I knew my parents would be like, what is this? You know, not like super conservative parents, but I didn't even want them to question it. I didn't want to have the conversation. Yeah. So yeah. I had to hide that tape for years, probably until I was like 15 <laughs> or 16, because um, I was afraid that they would just ask me what it was and I'd have to be like, well, that's pretty clearly funny. it's a cow nipple pierced. Uh. So yeah, silly stuff. But. Yeah, that's, it's so tame you know by today's standards now too mm -hmm. but yeah. back then yeah it was something weird something different and like you said you don't even want it to be a conversation yeah i'm eight like, don't, I don't, please. don't talk to me about nipples i'm eight <laughs> let just let me exist <laughs> don't yeah don't come near me with that so for songs like individual songs the, the i think the two biggest ones i, I will i'll say the three biggest ones i'll always love you whitney houston that song was freaking everywhere huge Whoop, there it is. Mm -hmm. Tag team. Back again. Yep. And I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> Meatloaf. That I watched a ton of MTV, and I swear they played that stupid video like a thousand times every single day. And I just didn't... I, I guess it was kind of neat, but I also kind of didn't get it. Like, why are they playing this so often? Like... It's it's like an eight it's like a seven minute long song. It's all the the video is all theatrical. Yeah, and people wearing like this makeup and uh, it's I just didn't get it. Like, why is this popular? Like, I don't know. But uh, and, yeah, and now, do you have any songs? Yeah, I was gonna say now that's a treasure. But at the time, it was kind of weird in the pantheon of other music <laughs> videos that were out. Uh, yeah, I have a, yeah. a few that are, are pretty strong memories for me. Uh, aside from like you know we listed a bunch of grunge stuff, but when I think about pop. Uh, what is love? By had what is love? That oh yeah, that song was everywhere too. Yeah, wasn't that like Night at the Roxbury? Wasn't that like the song? Yep. Um. Also, the Two Princes song by the Spin Doctors. Oh yeah. Speaking of uh, grunge hangers, on hey, you guys look kind of grungy. Yeah. Let's let's sign you guys and you know I I thought Oof. for years for the Spin Doctor that Two Princes song I really do like it. It may, it, it does something. It transports no. me back to a time and place, right? Um, but I do hear it in the grocery store once in a while. Yeah, it's kind of it's got like a, a nice beat to it. Uh, I remember I a couple years ago at a bachelor party, um, at a bar, I got drunk and they were like, "What? What do you want a karaoke?" And um, I saw that this song was on the menu thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll do that one. I know that song. I hear it. I listen to it all the time." That's impossible. You cannot karaoke that song. There's there's a billion <laughs> words in there you didn't know were in there. I'll tell you that. Nearly impossible. I don't even know any of the words. See, of that song. you thought you probably does he actually did. say two princes at any point? I no, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe at the beginning. I, you know what? It doesn't matter. The the thing is, you think you know that song, you don't know it. <laughs> you will make a fool of yourself in front of several other people. Um, but it was, you know, all, all fun, all the same. You want to get into movies here? Man, the movies. It's an interesting group of movies. Yeah. I mean, looking at this list, it is all over the place, all over the map. I mean, you got you got uh, the, the best picture winner that year was Schindler's List. Makes sense. Which is a three-hour black and white movie made by... Uh, Steven Spielberg about Oscar Schindler saving Jews from persecution 
and then you also have like grumpy old men, <laughs> right. which is like the polar opposite in tone. Yeah. Um, and that's a really funny movie uh, that still holds up, I think. Um, you also had Cool Running, speaking of comedies, uh, another one of John Candy's best. Yeah, we watched that in the Discord not too long ago. It kind of holds up. I, I mean, I liked, obviously, obviously, I loved it a lot more when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I do remember seeing, in 1993, Jurassic Park. Yeah, dude. A, absolutely packed movie theater that was the only time uh i've ever been to a movie theater where it was just every single seat was filled everybody was into it like ooing and eyeing Mm -hmm. it was the opening weekend uh we saw it at the crossroads uh theater in roseville minnesota and it was just packed i was really anxious because i had not been used to i was not used to that many people in a movie theater it just felt weird but once it got going and oh like everyone's gasping and they laugh at the guy who gets eaten oh, yeah. uh, cuz he's taking a crap. Newman. Uh, yeah. <sighs> One of my favorite theater experiences by far. Yeah. It, it still holds up. I I can still watch that movie and, and get a kick out of it. So many good uh Jeff Goldblum moments. It's all good. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and um and the dinosaur still looks good too. Some of those uh, practical effects, they hold up pretty well. Yeah, we mentioned Tool earlier. Apparently, the guitarist, Adam Jones of Tool, actually worked on some of the special effects for that. Get out of here. Talented Yeah, dude. that's what he did before becoming the famous guitarist. Wow. <laughs> he he did work on uh, Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park. I'm not sure what exactly, but yeah. Yeah, well, Tool's music videos kind of speak for themselves. Yeah. He does a lot of work on that, it, too. Yeah. Yep, he does. Uh, and then you got you got some you know, some of the more sillier stuff too because you got Groundhog Day that year a movie that I'll admit I did not like for a long time when I was a kid huh. it annoyed me uh, until and then I got older and I started to appreciate the comedy aspect of it I think as a kid I really just didn't understand what was going on I was like why is this happening this is torture <laughs> um, yeah yeah and I, I you know even still I think it goes on a little too long but I do enjoy that movie uh, Bill Murray and and whatnot. Um, and then you got like Nightmare Before Christmas and Army of Darkness, two darker twins, lighthearted darkness, uh, I guess you could say. Good stuff. And uh, one movie I rewatched from 1993, uh, The Fugitive. I saw that uh, again for the first time since, probably since it aired on cable, like back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. That's an awesome movie. Yeah. That's really, really good. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones Tommy is awesome. Tommy Lee Jones rules. Yeah. Man. Just pitch perfect where he's, I didn't do it. I don't care. Like, that's such a great line delivery where it's just like, dude, I don't care. I'm just trying to do my job. Uh, don't take it personally. Did you ever watch? Yeah, uh, that's a great movie. Did you ever watch U.S. Marshals? I guess it's the, technically the I sequel, I think that's right? a, the sequel, yeah. Is that what Wesley Snipes in that too, I think? Oh, man, I don't remember if he's in there or not. I just remember liking it, but oh, more Tommy Yeah, I saw parts of it, yeah. In fact, now I'm curious about that. Uh, see if he's in there. And this is making for fascinating listening. Yes, it was Wesley Snipes and Robert Downey Jr. at a low point. This would have been 1998. Oh, yeah. And uh, Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano is in that movie. Joey Pants. Yeah. Wow. What a cast. Joey Pants. Man, I might have to dig that yeah, one out. Great cast. Try to get that on the DVD bin with Uncle Doug. I bet he loves that movie. That's right. Um, and then we have some world events that happened in 1993, and I, I remember, uh, I remember there being a big. You know, I'm a little too young to understand what's happening, but I remember 
lot of news about the Waco siege and and all of that stuff. And it wasn't yeah. until probably I'm in college before I really learn more about it. Like I actually take it upon myself to educate figure out what was that all about in 1993 what was my dad yelling at the tv over back then what was that all about yeah and uh david koresh and all that stuff and it's very i mean even to this day pretty fascinating but not not a great moment (laughs) for for the u.s for the u.s yeah uh they went a little overboard in a response to i don't even know what the what that's what the response i what they were responding to specifically but yeah that was a uh strange event i was like you or i did not understand what the heck was happening like at all yeah so but yeah you mentioned monica or you were going to mention monica sellis she got stabbed during a freaking match i've never heard that what like, the hell what's happening I, yeah and i to this day i'm still like how is that not a bigger deal like a, a fan just ran out onto the court in the middle of a match and freaking stabbed her. what the hell like that's so messed up yeah and she was the number one player in the world like she was the heir apparent to uh, Martina Navratilova, uh, uh, Steffi Graf. She was supposed to be like the next big like rival for her. And she had like basically like her career ruined. I was going to say, was she okay? Like her, did, it, did it end her career? Oh, she ended up coming back, but she never returned oh. to top form after that. It was, it was terrible. Dude. And I'm hoping yeah. because of the way I know how tennis uh, facilities are laid out, that guy was caught, right? Because he was like, <laughs> where, oh, where are yeah. you going I, in a bowl, right? I can't remember the specifics off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it happened in like Germany. And wow. the guy, yeah, they, they did catch him and he did do time. Fucking, that blows my mind. I've never heard that before. That's insane. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And even at the time, it was completely insane. Yeah, it was in Hamburg, Germany. And she did not return to tennis for two years after that. I mean, I'm sure some Poor of that's thing. like Jeez. PTSD. Like, you're doing the thing yeah, you love exactly. and you think you're safe because and you're in the middle of a she, tennis court? <laughs> like, she was <laughs> concentrating on a match, you know? Like, but, but yeah, she was just rolling through everybody, just winning tournament after tournament, number one in the world. And then that happens. What and it's just hell? like. <laughs> you know, imagine that happening like a, at a basketball game or hockey Seriously. game. Seriously, you know, crazy. That's insane, and it doesn't get any better in '93 because that's also the same year that the Beanie Babies launched. '93 <laughs> was atrocious for world news. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. Uh, but you know what? I did. I did find. You know what was cool? What were the teens doing? What was everybody eating back then? This doesn't. This doesn't going to. This isn't going to blow anybody away because this stuff is mainly still around. But it was a big year for Arizona iced tea and beefaroni, which I feel like was probably a combo purchase for a lot of long haul truckers back then, and that was skewing the statistics. <laughs> but it was popular. It was popular. I did. I did like uh, back in my soda drinking days. I did like. Uh, Arizona green tea. I like that it's still. Is it still a dollar for like a huge can? I don't know. I like it's think so though. Advertised on the can itself, right? Like but yeah, wouldn't it would have been would have been bad if they made the mistake of making like we're only going to make one type of can for forever, and they stayed in business for. <laughs> I 30 thought that's years. what they were famous for though. Is like, yeah, I don't know. I was never a beefaroni guy. I was never a, sh- a chef Boyardee guy. Never never really liked it. Yeah, I don't remember if I did or not. I, pr- I know in my family we probably got knockoff Boyardee was probably something, <laughs> but Boy Boyar K, and um, 
and it was probably awful. It's not a chef. It's just some guy, Boyard, Boyardee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I probably still have radiation poisoning from whatever it was. But <laughs> uh, I do remember it being remember it being pretty popular. So you seeing a lot of commercials for it. Uh, we get into the books because you know people were reading back then. Uh, you got you got a lot of just the household names from the '90s and even still. I mean, you got your James Pattersons and your John Grishams just doing their yearly thing. Uh, the yep. the client. Now you mentioned Tommy Lee Jones earlier. So the book, The Client, John Grisham uh, put out in 1993. The movie, The Client, comes out in 1994, and that is one of my favorite movies. I think that's a great movie that a lot of people don't don't really talk about. But um, it's also the first movie that like Brad Renfro's in back before you know when he was sort of a famous budding young actor. Um, of course, his life went off the rails later. But uh, that's a that's a really good book and movie. And then James Patterson had a Long Came a Spider. Which I remember my mom liking a lot. I didn't. I haven't read it. Yeah, the only I I only know James Patterson by name uh, because you can't go into an airport gift shop <laughs> yeah. without seeing like a thousand James Patterson books. Dude, whatever deal he has with airports is insane. <laughs> it's whatever. It's the same yeah. deal that like the cranberry companies have with Ocean Spray. Like how they can just get cranberry yeah. flavor in everything. I think I think I'm stealing that joke <laughs> a little bit from. Brian Regan, but James Patterson has that same deal with every airport. Like, put all my books up front, okay? <laughs> all of them. You also have The Giver by Lois Lowry listed here. I don't think I've... I, I probably would recognize it, yeah, maybe, but... Uh... Go look at the cover of that book. You've seen that book a lot. Uh, it's a pretty popular one. My wife read it pretty recently. It's about a young boy who lives in like this kind of idealistic world, and he's orphaned, and it's kind of dark, but, no, but good. I don't recognize it, but uh, huh. yeah, I, thought you might. I guess I wasn't reading a whole lot. Nah, back then. you weren't reading that at eleven, I'm sure. But those are pretty popular, <laughs> pretty popular books for for our reading folks. I'm sure Burger Champ appreciated that little uh, sprint down memory lane there. Sure. And then the toys. We have to talk about this toy because this was a sensation, and I learned a fun fact about this specific toy. So we're talking about the Talk Boy from Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, uh, which is a movie that came out the year previous. And so yeah. they, he uses the, the talk boy, but that was, it, it didn't exist when they made the movie. It was just like a gimmicky like thing. But then because of the movie, kids are like, oh, I really wish I had that. And so they had to make it. So they had to make a toy based on something that they made up for a movie. I thought that was interesting. So the talk boy, huh. um, of course, you could like, you know. I thought they existed before, but I guess not. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, this is just based on one of those like BuzzFeed articles that I read, which it has to be true because it was <laughs> on the Internet. It has to be. Yeah. But I remember but yeah. wanting that so bad, and I don't even know why. Probably just yep. because Macaulay Culkin touched it, I wanted it. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. And the, plus, it could it could change voices. I love. I think that was the gimmick, right? It was yeah. a recorder, and then you could play the tape back s- slower to make people sound stupid. So that's that's really all I wanted it for. Yeah, here I'm gonna I'm gonna read like the first sentence of this uh, Wikipedia article. It says the Talk Boy was originally conceived as a cassette recorder and player prop for the 1992 film Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. And then at the request of writer John Hughes and distributor, 20th Century Fox, Tiger designed and built the prop. And then after they wow. put it in the movie, um, kids were like, really wish, really wish that existed so I could talk into it and yeah. make myself sound dumb. And now we do that. That's pretty And cool. now we're podcasters. That's what that did to us. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. We saw that. We were like, man, you know, we just do that all the time. So that was uh, that was the biggest toy. There wasn't a whole lot of other toys, but that was one that stuck out to me. Um, so I think that that re- that covers all of our 1993 bullet points, right? We went through all the stuff. 
yeah all the stuff other than um, sports do you want to touch sports real quick just real quick uh you got the Blue Jays beating the the Phillies in the World Series. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Two. Woo! You had uh, Free Shoes University, otherwise known as Florida State <laughs> or Nebraska. <laughs> uh, Charlie Ward was like, uh, I remember he won the Heisman that year, and he didn't go pro in football. Yeah. He decided to become an NBA player instead. And he played for the Knicks of Which, all teams. Like, man. Yeah, so that was like a big deal. That was. was like, ah, this guy's one of the best quarterbacks in football, and he doesn't want to play football. Yeah. It's kind of insane. And he was a decent NBA player. It wasn't like Jordan going to play yeah. baseball. Like, Charlie Ward had a good no. career. Yeah. No, Charlie Ward was was solid. He was uh, a guard, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he got regular minutes. Yeah, the Knicks had uh, some good seasons. He might have seasons. been a starter at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And the Canadian of Montreal, uh, I probably butchered that. Uh, they also won the uh, Stanley Cup on the back of uh, Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's basically it. I will say real quickly, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, that 93 Phillies team is a lot of fun because you had John Crook, you had Lenny Dykstra, you had uh, Darren Dalton, like the hair on that team. Like everybody had like the the classic '90s flowing mullet. Everybody on that team had like a huge you know gob of chew in their cheek. Like that team had personality. Heck yeah! Like it might not have been a pleasant personality, but that team was like very very distinct. Like Dave Hollins at third base. Uh, yeah, that was that was good. Heck yeah, dude. All right, let's move on to emails. We've got one from my friend Jono. It says, 1991 from a rural, bleh, I always have trouble with that word, rural Australia perspective. Rural. Rural Australia rural. is a hard pair of words to slap together, Jono. Yeah. Come yeah, on. Come on, John. Come on. Let's blame him. <laughs> uh, he says, good day, drunk, drunk friends. Just listened to episode 91. I found it interesting to think back on what it was like for me at the time. I was six in 1991, but being in a small country town in rural Australia mm -hmm. changed the way that trends reached us. I'm sure it did. I've always thought that decades take a while to fully bleed through. So generally, the first few years of a new decade would still be very much like the decade that preceded it. I, I would kind of agree with that. Mm -hmm. However, placing a town 300 kilometers away from the largest town and 600 kilometers away from the nearest city means it took close to five years for the <laughs> 90s to fully integrate into my hometown. That's interesting. Just real quick, there, there's a really funny uh, gag in a Mystery Science Theater episode, uh, Zombie Nightmare, where uh, it, it's like some terrible dance club playing this awful music and people are dancing. And S Servo makes this great joke where it's like, okay, this is either uh, America 10 years ago or Canada today. <laughs> and I, that, that always stuck with me because Canada really is always, it's, sorry, Canada. But I guess the same could be said for rural Australia as well. Certainly. Before the internet, That's, it was much more pronounced, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And Jono goes on, the main influence of the current trends came from a weekly music TV show, Rage. I have actually heard of that show. Hmm. From here... From here, we all began to find out about the incoming grunge movement, and soon we had packs of sullen-looking, long-haired teens roaming the local shopping center. Gaming was also slow, as we didn't get new consoles appearing in our one store, and the only place to rent games was from our petrol station-slash-video store. So I had to make do with the Sega Master System 2 until hmm. Christmas the next year, when I finally got an SNES. That's 
Good job by you. <laughs> it was interest. It was an interesting thing to see trends bleed through slowly in comparison today, where trends and fads are shared instantaneously via social media. Anyway, have a great weekend, John. Junk. <laughs> John. He, he spelled. He spelled his name J O N N K. Right, which is so, and that's uh, the rural Australian spelling. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It took him years before he put the O in there. Before O's came back. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's yeah, interesting. They in style. That is really interesting. That is really interesting. Can you relate to that at all since you were in a rural part of the United States? Yeah. I mean, we were rural. I think I think a lot of my um, – I mean, a lot of people that know me know that I'm a little behind on everything, right? I still – I mean, you and I both are deep into the to the retro stuff, but, like, yeah, I'm yeah. slow to everything. You know, I always had hand-me-downs. Always. So I think a lot of my predicament was not so much – where I was, but more of my socioeconomic class when I was brought up that, you know, mm-hmm. we were, you know, all of n- none of my clothes were new until I got to college kind of thing. Uh, so none of my <laughs> yeah. consoles were new. I remember the the newest, the only console that, that I bought new or that I got new as a kid was a Game Boy. And I got it in like 1994. So like five years after it had been out. So wow. I, I don't think it's a rural problem necessarily uh, uh, yeah. there, but um, I can relate to what he's talking about just being... You know, kind of seeing all your friends be on the cutting edge of things. And and I, as a kid, I wanted, I begged for things like, I want that, mom, I want this. But it, I kind of also had an understanding that, like, we're not going to be able to get that. I might as well just be patient yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. and wait. So, um, yeah, I absolutely can, uh, can identify with it. You know what, John? It made us, it made us uh, good. We have, we have strong character because of it, too, man, I'm sure. <laughs> Inner City Alex over here with all of his cool stuff. Zero character because I grew up with the Super Nintendo. I mean, this guy's just... just He's this this freaking guy. drier than cracker juice. This guy, you can't. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, thanks for that email. I appreciate that perspective for sure. And if anyone else has their own '90s yeah. international perspectives or any perspective, please share. Uh, up next, we got our pal Blake. His uh, titles this email: "The Best Years." Hey, drunk friends, I'm loving your '90s series, and it got me wondering what are, what are your pinnacle years for movies, games, music, etc. For me, it has to be 1994. We got Pulp Fiction. True Lies, Speed, The Lion King, and the unofficial Jim Carrey trilogy, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, and The Mask. As for games, 94 gave us Final Fantasy VI, Super Metroid, Killer Instinct, Earthworm Jim, Tekken, Donkey Kong Country, Suck It Alex, and Earthbound. And of course, we also got Shaq Fu, Wolfenstein on the Super Nintendo, The Flintstones Movie, and Beverly Hills Cop 3. But I think the good far outweigh the bad. Keep it groovy. Blake. Now, 1994 is going to be in our next episode, Alex, but I can't Yeah. I can speak from experience because I've lived through 1994 twice, both in 1994 <laughs> and in February of 2022 this past uh February yeah. is our our time travel year in Polymedia, so I went back to 1994. Um I only have one year to compare it with, which would be 1996, but comparing 1994 to 1996, 1994 blows it out of the water. In everything, so I'm going to have to agree huh. with Blake for now. I have, you know, I haven't done a deep dive on many other years. You know, you said '91 might be a hot year for you. We'll see, but uh, movies and 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 games both um, really tower over 1996. We'll have to see. Yeah, I I agree with uh, Blake here about um, the movies of '94. Holy crap, that is a murderer's row. Uh, Speed. I, I always forget about that movie. That was a that was a damn good movie at the time. Yeah. Um, basically, Die Hard on a bus, but still, <laughs> it was well done. 
Um, it should be called Buzz Hard. You also had, <laughs> <laughs> or like, um, who? Uh, what was the other? Oh, uh, Shawshank Redemption also came out in '94. Yeah. That's one of my all-time favorites. So great, great year for movies. Um, but for music, I'm still going '91. That's that's. You're right. gonna, I mean, you got like Nirvana, Soundgarden, and uh, Alice and Ch- or uh, Pearl Jam all at their peak. Like right. all at the same time. Tough to argue that. I can't say no to that. Yeah. Tough to argue that. that was a, yeah. I didn't know Tekken came out in 94, and I guess it did. Yeah, the, the arcade launched yeah. in 94. And I wanted That's to say, like, some of these years, this was a thing for us uh, in the Discord during 1994, was finding when things actually did release. And so, you know, a lot of times if you Google, like, when did such and such come out, you'll get a year, but it might default to the earliest year it was released, which could be the Japanese year. And so if you're, right. if you're trying to be true to where you lived, you're going to look at those. Yep. So Earthbound is a good example of that. I'm pretty sure that came to the States in 1995 because I think we all looked at yeah, that. Yeah, um, the PlayStation release of um, Tekken was, uh, in fact, November 1995. But the arcade got a worldwide release of December 94. So technically, technically he's right. Blake is correct. There you go. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's nitpicky. I think, uh, I think you have a good... You know, I think your intuition's good, Blake. I think nineteen ninety four is definitely good for movies. We'll have to see. You know, we're going through the years. Let's say let's so far, Alex, uh, before we, we go to our guest, you know, we're looking at just ninety uh, what are we 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 did ninety, ninety one, ninety two, now ninety three. Looking back so far, what's your favorite of the years? I mean, I know ninety one's for music, but all encompassing does is it still ninety one? It's still ninety one. Just because of the 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 game, if you add games to it, you got Mario World, mm-hmm. you got uh, the release of the Super Nintendo. I mean, that's going to be tough to tough to top. Yeah, no, I see that. I think for me, it's going to be ninety three. Those the the movies of ninety three really stuck with me. I mean, Jurassic Park was yeah. a banger, just a banger. Oh, Jurassic Park was huge. I but also since uh, the email mentioned the Flintstones movie, it can't be overstated what a huge disappointment that movie was. <laughs> That movie was a bomb, a stink bomb. It was so like, it's like, come on, this is it's John Goodman, John it's Goodman. Dan Connor. They got freaking Rosie O'Donnell playing uh, Betty Rubble. You did have Halle Berry though, which was very nice. But um, yeah, the Flintstones movie was such a letdown. You were talking about your Jurassic Park experience being like untoppable in the in the theater, and yeah. I saw this movie in our little small town duplex, and I think it was just me and like three dudes. So it was uh, it was pretty much, and I think they all left. I think I was the only one that stuck it through to the end. Yeah, so. <sighs> it's a, it's never a good sign when you walk into a movie that's only been out a couple weeks, and there's like two dudes <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> sitting like five rows apart, just yeah, like, yeah, it was cheap matinee, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just swinging yeah. through town, kid. What's up? <laughs> but uh yeah all right well that was 1993 thanks for the emails guys uh we have a lot more emails to get to because alex uh beckoned for a few on twitter so we'll try to fit more of those in as we go but in the meantime we got to get to talking to our pal from the youtube channel import gaming for the win our pal jimmy hoppa and i'll say 1993 alex that you know that's what happened to be the year that jimmy moved from south carolina to hawaii which is a to, yeah he had a good year that that's a leap and a half that's all the way across the world that's that's pretty crazy that's a that's a heck of a journey um i mean geez you you went from the gamecocks to the rainbow warriors you did I and mean, that's uh 
got football on the brain here, but yeah, that's <laughs> he he's a great guest. Um, his channel is awesome, uh, and such an awesome resource for all things related to import gaming stuff that only came out in Japan was never localized. So definitely check him out. Well, fancy me and you in a podcast like this. My name is Captain Drachma, and I'm one of the co-hosts of IndieQuest. On this show, we dive into the amazing worlds of indie video games and attempt to determine where they rank on our own rating system, something we call the Quest Log. If that sounds like something that might trip your trigger, join me and my co-host Blinkin' Frantic on our adventure. You can find IndieQuest wherever podcasts are heard and on polymedianetwork.com, the best website on the internet. All right, Jimmy, thanks so much for jumping on the Drunk Friend podcast with us. We appreciate it. We know you're you're halfway across the world. This was uh, a long time in the making to, to get our schedules to sync up, so we appreciate your patience, and we're happy to have you on. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. It's uh, The pleasure's all mine. Um, I'm surprised you guys even let me on here, so <laughs> um, hopefully I don't make you guys regret it, but you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to having a good conversation with the seemingly two cool dudes, and yeah yeah well yeah we we really appreciate you taking the time uh i personally have wanted to to hang out for a while just because your channel your youtube channel uh is very strange uh (laughs) it's a lot of great quality but there's so much stuff like your channel covers everything like your your latest video was uh japanese promotional videotapes that were yeah. covering, you know, like previews for Final Fantasy VI, Mario Kart sixty four, mm. and then they even have Thanks like for watching. By the way, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, of course it's yeah. it's fun to watch that stuff because you know I had no idea this stuff exists. Um, they even have obscure stuff like from Imagineer. Uh, <laughs> I guess like they're a, they were a publisher or developer. I forget, but um, they uh, yeah they had their lineup of of N sixty four games that they had to hype up, and so. Yeah, tell us about, like, how do you find this, like, I guess we'll just start there, like, how do you find these tapes, like, how do you come across them? Oh, well, the, the tapes, you know, a, a long time ago, or at least here in Japan, like, I, I remember noticing just here and there, whenever I made a trip out to, like, Akihabara in Tokyo, which I don't live in Tokyo, so it's always a treat for me to go there, and I would just go to, like, you know, like a, a store like Super Potato or Mandaraki, one of the, the big stores, and... They have games, games, and, and magazines, and all these things. And just in the corner, there'd be like a little section with VHS tapes. And so wow. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I remember going out and buying like one VHS tape. It was for like The Legend of Valkyrie, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite games. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's just all it is is like a super play, like a, an expert play of the game. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's more of these things. And so online kind of is the way to do it these days. Um, especially for me, I don't, I don't live in Tokyo. I don't have access to all the great video game mecca of Akihabara. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything is just like online shopping in Japan is such a big thing. Things like obviously Yahoo auctions, but uh, Merikari, which I believe you guys have in the States, great, yes. great site for, for buying here in, in Japan and selling as well. Um, and like Surugaya online store. So that's where I usually get all my, my tapes from. And if I ever have a chance, I, I do try to ask like, oh, where'd you get this tape? Or if there's any sort of story to it. Usually... I don't know. Is <laughs> the answer I get? So nice, yeah. The, I love, uh, like Alex was alluding to, just the variety in your videos. 
it's one thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's one thing for a lot of. I mean, a lot of retro enthusiasts um, can really get into the import side, and uh, that's that's kind of an er- or an area that I'm kind of just now getting into. I feel like now I'm kind of over the domestic side of things, and I'm wanting more of that mm-hmm. weird. So it's taken me a long time to get into it. <laughs> Um, but you focus on a little bit more than just the games. It's a lot of the game adjacent stuff and, and your, uh, your videos are really high quality. I was, um, I've been oh, marveling you. at how well, like you edit and a lot of your gags and stuff like that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm curious, like, you know, is, is video making and editing, is that, uh, so, I mean, where, where do these, where does these skills come from? Is it just been the YouTube hobby thing or do you do some of this stuff on the side? What is sort of what's your inspiration for youtubes i gotta say well one thing you're being way too nice <laughs> I, I really do appreciate that that's a it's a hell of a compliment but um no i just uh, i just decided i think well damn like nine years ago you know that's what i want to finally just do something on youtube i think i was a little bit bored uh, i just picked up whatever software was cheap it happened to be a sony movie studios and uh it's just basically like soccer mom vegas is what i used to call it <laughs> and uh i just i used that for like eight nine years i just switched over to davinci resolve but uh no i just i just learned i you know i it, one thing that it really actually helped me out is going to sound weird is a long time ago uh the angry video game nerd did a making of video about barbie or something like that mm-hmm. i just watched that i remember and I was that. Like, oh yeah, yeah i was like oh that's that's all it takes really and then, then i tried it out and i was like oh shit this is a lot harder than i thought <laughs> ain't nobody watching these videos <laughs> but um yeah, yeah that's basically I do, it yeah i do remember that video because i found that same approach interesting it's like wow these this really doesn't seem all that difficult and of course it is it's very time consuming and stuff especially right, when it comes right. to like writing scripts and stuff like that oh, yeah. but i remember that same video because he had said i forget where he had said somewhere that like he was kind of sick of doing the same old stuff mm-hmm. at that point and this was like what 2010 2011 he's yeah. like i want to do something different for for this barbie game i mean i <laughs> I don't want to pile on Barbie, you know, like, like right. that's such a low hanging fruit, easy target. Right. And proceeds to, to, to bomb on Barbie. But oh, that's of course, fine. Yeah. Everybody would. <laughs> but She's yeah, that that's funny. Girl. It's funny that you bring that up. Cause I was just thinking about that the other day and mm. I was thinking maybe I should do something like that, but that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your channel goes all over the place where you're doing like first impressions of newer games, uh, showing off some gameplay. Uh, you've done some interviews the latest was with uh, Yoshitero Sujino. Oh, there you go. Got it. Right? Yeah. All right. Good job, all right. Alex. Sweet. You have Good a job. prize. <laughs> I can't pronounce yeah. Josh Leslie, but I can get that guy's <laughs> yeah, that, that was a that was a pleasure. That was like that was like a one time thing. Maybe I can you know I might if I ever get around to doing that video. I promise I do. But um, yeah, that, that was a like a dream come true. Yeah. Interview. And he's he's an artist and character designer for uh, Tengai Makio, and that mm. is uh, far east of Eden. Those most of those games, I want to say, were never localized. So uh, this yeah, is kind of one. Is, yeah, I think. was it just the one? Just yeah. the fighting game, yeah, for New Geo. <laughs> wow. So. so this is like information that is, you know, hard to come by, and you're getting it from the horse's mouth uh, in regards to like the artwork and the character design for that stuff, which is really awesome. Um, you also do unboxing vids. Um, you have your collection is insane. Like, do you have any? <laughs> well, I know it's like picking a favorite child, but do you, do you have any particular like favorite piece of your collection? Whether it's like action figures or uh, 
like I saw the the Chrono Cross figures you have. Those are those are cool as hell. Oh yeah. Um, uh. And uh, do do you have like a, a certain piece, like a collector piece that you like? I think you know, it's gonna sound you know I don't know if it's kind of cliche because it's not like that much of a you know mainstream game. But uh, a few years back, my friend traded me uh, a complete in box copy of Magical Poppin, and I know like, I was gonna ask you about Mr. that. SNES I just watched you, the... yeah, 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 I know you're you know big SNES guy, so yeah. having that that's a game that you know I, I never thought I would actually own, and I traded basically my entire Vita collection for it, and. Uh, wow. But you know, I didn't really want those games anyway, and he he had it, and uh, yeah, it's my friend Mike. So thanks, Mike. Just a kind of little quick shout out here. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's probably my my probably biggest. I don't know. Would you say special kind of game? But yeah, yeah. Just like you said, I I have too much stuff, and you know, actually, I've been I've been <laughs> cutting it down. I've been selling. My my goal is like reduce everything by at least half. Just, oh wow! Uh, so I've been actually been doing that this year, but yeah, you know, like the the Chrono stuff. Like I have like a bunch of Chrono Trigger, and Chrono Cross memorabilia. That's one of my favorite series. Anything from that, like Suikoden, uh, Gambare Goemon, probably. Yeah, I have, like, a big old thing of that, and yeah, I, you know, I only I only buy stuff that I like, and so even just se- selling off like half my stuff, it's kind of like, ah, oh, damn it, I kind of like this, and but yeah, is there anything just... that you? are reluctantly selling that you'd rather hang on to but you know it's best to just move on <laughs> oh yeah well you know i i have like a bunch of msx games and oh you know here's the thing about msx i know this is probably going to anger some of the, the hardcore enthusiasts but most of those games are pretty terrible but <laughs> i like that about them <laughs> they have a little bit of a charm like yeah. oh my god this programmer tried really hard on this hardware didn't yep. he? Oh, um yep. so like there's a little bit of that there and so like i've been selling off a lot of i i wouldn't sell like the konami stuff like those are just you know solid games but you know a lot of these minor titles and, and games that i have on other systems that this is the inferior this is the worst version on like the msx version <laughs> so you know it was kind of hard to to just kind of say ah you know what let me get rid of them they also look nice on the shelf so there's also yes. that that little shallow, shallow superficial thing but um but they do people are they're always in in demand too so they sell pretty quickly but yeah that one it's kind of hard to find these games so it's like whatever yeah yeah, I don't know about you, uh, Trav, but um, I it needs to be if I if if I'm going through my collection, it needs to be like a good game first. Mm. Um, uh, whereas uh, like Magical Poppin is a really good game. Yeah, uh, that's got some like exploration elements. It's got that Metroid style structure where you like find a a power up or an item and it unlocks other parts of the game. It's it's a lot of fun and it's very approachable. But if I've if I've got like you know, I don't know, Street Fighter 2 for ZX Spectrum, and it's just this <laughs> pathetic, like, two-color game, and it's just like, I don't need this. Like, this, this right. has got to go. I, I see you also pronounce it the way so you wouldn't get uh, yes. the UK fans... Uh, I have been corrected many <laughs> times. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I, full Zed. You gotta you gotta shout out Zed. Uh, they love that guy. Zed's dead, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a great game for me. Like uh, the the big thing about Magical Poppin was like the uh, the voice actress. It's such a weird small part of the game, but you know when I was a, a kid, I was like infatuated with that woman who's the voice actress. And yeah, so that was like the main reason I wanted that game. And uh, when I found out about it, it was a little bit too late. It was hard to find. But it's crazy though that game. Um, my friend who I traded it with, um, he bought that game. Oh, must have been about ten years ago, at Super Potato, which is known as the the big. Akihabara store 
the mm-hmm. ripoff store for some people. It's usually a little bit overpriced, but he bought it there complete in box for like 80 bucks. Hmm. And I guess nobody really wanted it back then. And now it's, well, I don't, I'm not uh, good at math, but it's like exponentially higher. In value, yeah. 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 It's uh, several thousand for like a, co- a box copy sometimes here in Japan. Wow. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Wow. What's the collecting scene like there as a whole? Because I know here it seems like maybe it's more of a popular hobby than it is in other places, even Europe, like collecting is just kind of seen as like why do you this is like excess like we don't you don't need all that stuff there's other ways to do right. it um do you see it as being sort of becoming more popular or i mean what's the perspective it's um well like if you go to like a, a place like book off right which is like the um the biggest used media store in japan like, you know every town has several book offs uh, every every street corner i wish but uh <laughs> You go there and they, they've always had like a little like retro game section or just the game section. Mm-hmm. It's mostly like the Nintendo Switch has really changed things, I think, in Japan a lot. Like a lot of people have a Switch. Like people even that I work with, I'm like, oh, you, I don't know, you probably play games or you probably Switch. You know, the, it's it's kind of changed it. But like as far as like retro stuff, like old stuff, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of seen as a little weird for a lot of people. Like, like you were saying with Europe, mm-hmm. it's like, this is old. Why do you have these things? And... Um, but it's always been around, you know, like you can still go into a store and be like, oh, look, there's, you know, there's a super fan Com, a bunch of like, there's a wall of carts over there. Right. So it's always been kind of like in the awareness. Um, but collecting games is kind of a hardcore thing, I, I guess you'd say. I hate to use that word, but uh, you got to be really into games yeah. and uh, not afraid to show your love of video games that's right right to, to be a collector here but yeah it's um it's 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 relatively easy to get into because i'm sure as you guys know like it's you can get some of the best games for like the super famicom super nintendo you can get playstation games a lot of them are still so cheap you can still get like dollar games basically and mm-hmm. some of the greatest games of all time like i can go to to book off and find like suikoden in two for like one or two bucks Obviously, if you're if you're not going to play it in, in in Japanese, if it doesn't mean anything to you, then oh, yeah. cool, it's like a nice little piece on the shelf. But yeah, um, yeah it's 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 easy to get into. I, I see a lot of kids too that kind of like are getting into retro games, and I think because of the Nintendo Switch, um, maybe access to all those ROMs or like just the style of games on the Switch are kind of like there are a lot of like old school style games too. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good answer, but yeah. there's a lot. It's a, it's a big it's a big thing to talk about, and uh, I'm not the best person <laughs> to, to articulate it. So, well, it's really interesting uh, because you know here in the in the U.S. and uh, Trev, you can probably back me up on this. It's it's getting to the point where it's impossible to find anything worthwhile, right. and if you find a, a decent game, it's going to be really pricey. Like if you want to get, say, just off the top of my head, like Adventures of Batman and Robin. For Super mm. Nintendo, like that's been on my wish list forever, but I'm not going to find that anywhere. Number one, I'm not going to find it. Period. And number two, if I if I do happen to find it, someone's going to be selling it for like over a hundred bucks at least. So, and that's just the cartridge. So, it's cool to hear that uh, stuff is still relatively cheap over there. Um, and yeah, like like uh, we were talking about earlier, your channel covers all, like all this stuff. Um, you know, unboxings, uh, get complete with game footage. One thing I really like about your channel is that you actually show off all the physical media, you know, like yes. here's what the box looks like. Here's what mm-hmm. came with the game and stuff like that. 
But one thing I wanted to ask you about in particular, and I'm curious if you're going to hang on to this or if you're going to you're going to part ways with it. But you have uh, a gold <laughs> Nintendo Classic Famicom Mini oh. from the Weekly Shonen Jump 50th Anniversary Edition. Like, why <laughs> does that exist? Oh man, and what is it? And can you just like explain a, briefly, like what what that is? Sure. Well, one thing I will say is that it, he's no longer with us. <laughs> oh, I, 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 okay. Saw, I, I, I let him. Uh, I let him go to a better place. Uh, not not too long ago, but to the farm. Uh, yeah, it, it, it. I did a video on it and uh, a, a while back, and I, that was one that I felt bad about too. But actually, it's it never went up in price. It actually went down in price, so I can get it in time. If you guys want one, let me know. If you guys want that gold mini Famicom, let me know. I'll hook you up. That's funny. Um, but yeah, it was the the, the yeah the jump fiftieth anniversary celebration. And what a celebration. They celebrated it with some of the worst games on the Famicom. Um, <laughs> but all the licensed titles from the uh, the illustrious history of Shonen, well, Weekly Shonen Jump. Um, so, you know, you got your, your Dragon Balls, you had your uh, Saint Seiya's, all those kind of games that, like I said, some of, the, some of the worst games. But I think there's a big nostalgia for bad games. I think we've all played bad games oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. you know, guilty pleasures, whatever. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, cool, look, it's... It's Son Goku on the screen. This is a gr- the best game ever made. Um, so yeah, that that's all it really is. Um, the the one kind of big standout, the one really good title in it was Dragon Quest, and that was kind of like cheating because oh they had like Dino Die Bulkin or something like Die's Big Adventure was published in Weekly Shonen Jump back in the day, and I think it's actually yeah. back. I think they revived it. So. Um, so they're like, yeah, we'll put a Dragon Quest, so we have a real game in there, and then uh, everything else is just. You know, candidates for angry video game nerd episode or right, right, yeah, nice, yeah, but, yeah. It was it was a cool thing and it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I just wish that uh, it looks nice too. <laughs> you know, I I no longer have it, so I can't tell I, you how beautiful it, it it is now, but it was <laughs> quite quite a quite a beauty. I thought that was really interesting because it was so random, like this limited yeah. edition thing only associated with. For those that, people that don't know, Shonen Jump is uh like a manga like magazine right mm-hmm. like it's it's got uh that's where stuff like my hero academia yeah and you know really popular stuff that's gotten really popular over over in the u.s now uh that's where that stuff gets its gets its start yeah they so sell they I, sell more than marvel and dc i think now right so wow like show, jump is huge uh, yeah so i was really <laughs> That's funny to me, though, because that is the complete opposite response. I thought it was going to be like, oh, yeah, it's like this great collectible thing. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, it's a piece of crap. It went down yeah. in value and all the games suck. <laughs> well, so that's just, funny. Just being honest here, you know, so, I know one person listening to this is probably like, no, it's the best collection of games ever. You suck. But <laughs> let's be objective here. That guy, that, that person is busy on their MSX. They're not listening. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, yeah he bought up all my games. He's happy. They're playing. So. They're playing Street Fighter on the ZX. Yeah. <laughs> ZX. Oh, wait, hold on. No controversy. ZX, actually. ZX. Oh, gosh. Oh, don't want to get them mad, Alex. Can you imagine yeah. all the emails yeah. we'll get from? Oh, oof. oof. Be, be careful. I mean, last time you said something bad about the Amiga, the inbox blew up. You got to be careful. <laughs> or watch out. Revolutionary War will rise again. You know? yeah, like, they're nuts. They're nuts. Um, Jimmy, I'm interested in your, like, just your general history with, with gaming in general. Like, kind of, you know, where it all started for you. What were some of your earlier systems and sort of, like, how did that manifest your curiosity into what you do now, which is share with all of us uh, a lot of this interesting import information oh yeah sure well i think 
you know, I, I grew up in the States, uh, like you fellas, uh, unless, unless you guys were moving around I didn't know about, but uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, being born in the 80s, the, the NES was the big system that kind of really got me hooked on video games, uh, obviously Super Mario Brothers, Bucky O'Hare, stuff like that. Um, my, I remember my dad had a Commodore 64 and it was too complex for me to play at the time, but he let me, I think we were playing like Dungeon Master, some sort of cool corridor, like, you know, fantasy yeah. game. He's like, he let me press F or something to fight. That was like basically all I could do. And I felt like, I felt like I had all the power in the world. I was like, I'm killing skeleton monsters, uh, warriors and everything. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Hawaii. So Japanese gaming was always kind of like there, um, a lot of imports, obviously just you know, just so closer to Japan than most places, you know, in the world, at least in the States and everywhere in the States. Uh, so there were places like Toys and Joys, which um, a lot of people used to use their online shop in like the early 2000s. But uh, I grew up real close to one of their stores, one of two. And um, I think the first time I saw a Super Famicom cart, I was in like the fifth or sixth grade and my friend had Dragon Ball Super Famicom games. And I was like, what are these? What is this? And it felt so cheap. I thought it was fake. Wow. Like the cartridge just felt so like flim. You know, like the Super NES cartridge is so so strong right. and, and sturdy, angular yeah. and sturdy. Yeah, and like the plastic just looks like it's high quality. And then even back then, that Super Famicom cart, the back was all like yellow, and I was like, "Ew, what is this?" <laughs> and, you know, yeah, I thought he, he, it was a bootleg or something. But no, and then I was like, "Oh, this is what Super Famicom is." So I got it, got it, got into it there. But uh, I think with the PlayStation, you know, the old Wild West of. Uh, of just game development, weird publishers and developers that came out of nowhere, startups, all these crazy Japanese games I started seeing at like Toys and Joys. And I was like, oh, this looks so cool. And, um, and this is going to sound embarrassing too, but I really wanted to play that Sailor Moon fighting game on PlayStation. Oh, yeah, that's not a bad game. Yeah, we were all 14. Yeah. <laughs> that game is the, the worst game ever made. Oh. <laughs> I think I, mean, I don't think it's that bad. Maybe I'm confusing it. The super, the super, the super ones are good. Super Famicom ones. Good. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they, wow, they made an eight eight bit fighting games are almost never good. Yeah. Oh, this is, well, this is like the PlayStation One. So oh, this weird. is like okay. And it, so it, it just got worse. But uh, I remember wanting. I never picked it up because it was always like ninety dollars plus. But uh, I did eventually get my PlayStation modded at Toys and Joys. They put in the the early chip. The one that would like games would lock out later on, like Capcom games. But I got them to do do the mod chip, and the, I really wanted to play Final Fantasy VIII early. That was a big thing, mm. so I bought Brave Fencer Musashiden, and uh, I played the demo on the PlayStation. And I just since then, I was like, I got to get a lot of like imports. So uh, back then, it was nice, you know. You could find like a lot of like obscure games for cheap. You know, I eventually got a Saturn, and uh, you know the Saturn import scene was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really just kind of like that experience and living in Hawaii and having access to all these games and used imports were so cheap at that store too. Um, so for me being a kid with no job and just, you know, Christmas money or whatever, <laughs> it was, a uh, it was like a buffet of import games <laughs> sometimes That's like, awesome. it's like, Oh, like, Hey, like $3, $4, $5 and these weird obscure games that are a lot of them are worth a lot now, but sure. who knew back then? Right. That's awesome. So how, how did you come to learn uh, to speak Japanese and understand Japanese? And uh, do you read d- Japanese as well? Well, you know, it could always be better. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, grow, growing up, my, my mom, she's not, she wasn't born in Japan, but she's Japanese. So I was kind of had an interest in it. Um, but I didn't really kind of get into like the language until I was in high school. And uh, living in Hawaii, we had like a Japanese language program. But unfortunately, I only took it for like a few months and then moved to the mainland. 
and uh, they didn't have Japanese where I, <laughs> where I lived, but it's it's weird. Like I remember learning how to read at least the basic stuff through like I had a Genso Sukuden two like art book, and I knew all the characters' names, so I learned like the characters through the characters' names. I was like, oh, okay, this is how you pronounce that and everything. Um, and then in college, I took some Japanese courses, but um, the real big thing was when I was in college, I did um, live in Japan for a little bit, and that was the biggest thing that helped out. Um, yeah, I went to a language school for a few months, and uh, yeah, and after college, I, I, I moved to Japan. Um, so, you know, I speak Japanese. Uh, everything could always be better. Um, uh, I can read. I, I, pff, like writing is just. I don't want to talk about writing, I, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a different beast. Like I, I think a lot of people are forgetting how to write right. here in this country too because of typing. But, uh, but you know, it could always be always be better. But I'm fairly comfortable. That's pretty awesome. Uh, you guys want anybody, free lessons? Let me know. Yeah, I'm well, a real worst teacher, like, but yeah. Like, uh, um, that's learning a language to to me, especially one is with such a steep difficulty curve mm-hmm. like japanese is crazy to me because um it's like playing an instrument kind of like it's either in your blood or at least that's how i perceive it it's either in mm. your blood or it feels like impossible like i right. every every time i've tried to learn a language like i took all spanish classes in high school um i do i i know the days of the week and the months and some numbers that's probably it, but yeah. I guess it's like a you use it or lose it kind of a deal. Um, so you're you're able to capitalize on the fact you know you're you're living there obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome though that it was just uh, an organic interest because of your your mom. Yeah, just you know, just growing up around a lot of stuff too, just like weird. Sure. Jap- like when I was a kid, like, oh, what is this weird statue? You know, we just have these kind of Japanese things. You know, it's also a weird thing, like uh, you know, obviously with Alex, like uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Yes. That that was a weird thing that formed a lot of my like, oh, this is what Japan's like. <laughs> 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 and you know what? Not too, not too far off. There's a lot of say, pretty, de- demons pretty in accurate. tea shops that tell you where to go next, and <laughs> yeah, random. You know, at nighttime, sometimes when the wind, the northern wind, comes by, everyone turns yeah. into a yokai or a ghost. Yeah, yeah, and you, you just weird. gotta go by and throw sandals at everything. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes though, yeah. mech fights break out, and that's the best part. Of oh Japan. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Godzilla I... shows up, <laughs> and then Gamera shows I up. I do love the Goemon though... games, though. There's they're so yeah. fun, and we were having a conversation. I was having a conversation about this with uh, a co-host of another podcast. We were talking about how mm-hmm. it's so difficult if if no one has never seen a Goemon game because I think I guess they're the more I don't know maybe they're the more North American friendly um, games because they those seem to make it over here and a lot of others that were kind of similar didn't. And so, mm-hmm. like, trying to describe that game to somebody and still make it sound fun <laughs> is hard. It's like, no, I know it sounds like I'm dogging it, but it's fun. But listen, sometimes you go and there's there's like, there's like a weird guy screaming at you in a tee shop, but he's actually helping you out. Don't worry about him. He's cool. And then you meet a lot of friends, and you you won't know where you're going, but you're going to know where you're going. And then you're like, and people are just kind of looking at you crazy, but you're like, no, oh, but I promise it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those games you just have to, like, sit down and play. Yes. Like, ah, it just kind of clicks, right? Yes, but, exactly. Oh, and then, then, then you go into uh, another <laughs> shop in the game, and you get to actually play another game within the game. You get to play, like, what is it, the first level of Gradius or oh, something like that? Right, and the, the Legend of the Mystical. That, that blew my yeah. mind when I was a kid. I was like, yeah. just a game? 
in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think that might have been like the first time I played Gradius too. And like, yeah, I, I fell in love with that game. I was like, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know it was a real game back then. I was like, this is <laughs> awesome. Just the the yeah, mini they should game make this in, into uh... a real game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who knew it was one of the most important games from that company? But uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and my, my buddy and I were talking specifically about, I guess, the N64 ones, which are oh yeah, um, all over the place, but but tons of fun. Uh, yeah, so I noticed, um, and it's a thing on this podcast, uh, that if we say, and I'll say the initials here, HG, and you've put it here, you have it in the title of Hidden Gem. We don't want to get, we don't want to upset <laughs> Metal Jesus. We know he's listening. Um, in fact, I just saw Metal Ooh, Jesus. I love Hidden Gems. Yeah, he just released a video where he was in Hawaii, so he's onto us. He's coming closer. He's he's figuring. Oh, yeah, he's he's making his rounds. So we gotta we gotta shh, be quiet. But um, you know, thinking he's a big of, man too. Yeah, you can't, you can't escape. Yeah, I I love uh, that you have those Hidden Gems videos because you do a lot of um. I mean, I, I think you do a really good job of of sort of explaining how it would appeal to a lot of Western audiences. And like, if you like this, you'll also like this. And that's super helpful for especially me, someone who sees like import gaming or anything that didn't come to my GameStop as just mm-hmm. like, what on earth is all of this stuff? So you do a really <laughs> good job of relating it to us, uh, or at least me, right, someone who has very minimal exposure to this stuff. Well said. Uh, totally agree. I appreciate it. Um yeah, I mean that's kind of was was like the goal, um, just of like just doing like import gaming for the win, like years and years ago. It was like, you know, I like some games, you know, I discover while I'm doing it. But a lot of it's like, yeah, I like this game. This is a really cool game, and maybe like not a lot of people talk about it, so maybe a lot of people don't know about it. And I just want to go into detail. Here's what it is, and here's why you might like it. And later on, I started getting a little bit like too much into like here's a little bit of like the history. Here's Try to talk about who made it and everything without going overboard, but usually I, I get caught, you know, people appreciate or enjoy whatever, but sometimes you get like, man, this guy's got too much unnecessary information. <laughs> it's like, man, yeah. I, I try, yeah, you know, it's hard to balance uh, it out, but you usually sometimes I, I fall I into that trap sometimes too, where mm-hmm. I, uh, just it's like, okay, this is just trivial information, it doesn't, it's not really pertinent but then i'll have like four or five people in the comments show up like why didn't you mention this <laughs> yeah, and always, it's like because always, you yeah. <laughs> because you just did i don't i didn't yeah. need to because you did well but, i was um, gonna say you're like the master of just like making everything just like you know you say brevity is the soul of wit or whatever like, oh, everything's like, so compact and everything yet so much good information in such like a, a short amount of time so like you know it's something i really like, envy it's like I, sometimes I'll, I'll set. I'm like, I'm gonna make like a, a under ten minute video here, and I, I, I'm just, I can't, I'm just <laughs> stupid or something. But, but I, you know, if I, like, I, you know, watch one of your videos, it's like, it's like get everything in there and all the, all the really necessary stuff, and then, oh, here's a few extra tidbits here. So like, yeah, I think that's great, and I think that you know, if people, there's always gonna be people. The, the well actually is and god bless them you know, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, you didn't say this or blah 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 and. Like okay, cool. Once in a while, you get cool information from people sometimes, like that. But, yeah. You know, sometimes. sometimes, yeah. Well, like sometimes it's very useful to to help fill out a video. Like I'm working on a video for Yoshi's Cookie for Super <laughs> Nintendo, yep. and there's not a whole lot you can say about just a single screen puzzle game. It's just like here's how this works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> here, here are the here are the like, supposed ingredients in Yoshi's cookies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. We're going to talk but, about. 
there's a lot of really good trivial information about that. Like the, the the levels in that game's puzzle mode were actually designed by the guy who created Tetris. Oh, oh like they cool. consulted that dude specifically for that part of that game. Um, and uh, we mentioned um, that crazy Shonen Jump <laughs> Nintendo mm-hmm. uh, Classic <laughs> Mini. There's also a weird uh limited edition of yoshi's cookie titled let me see if i can pronounce this correctly yoshino cookie kurupan oven de cookie which celebrated the release of the kurupan oven (laughs) (laughs) so they were selling copies of yoshi's cookie with appliances at one point that's pretty cool yeah October 2010, uh, it was seen for sale valued at over 150,000 yen, which is about, I think, close to $2,000 US. 150,000 would be like 150 bucks, basically. Uh, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Unless there's an extra zero, then it's like a lot more, but but I'm sure it's worth a lot more than that now. Cause... Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's there is there is some interesting, out. weird trivia, like, you, you, you know... You never know where you're going to find it. It's always fun to uncover that stuff. But That's at the cool, same time, yeah. it's it's like, you know, I, I remember one game, uh, I think it, I, it was like a fighting game or maybe it was like Rival Turf or something like that. And it was mm-hmm. one guy got really mad at me because it's like, you should have mentioned that when you press <laughs> left or right on the D-pad on the select screen, it changes their color of their outfits. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> it's a huge feature. No other games did that back then. I'm like, I don't Idiot. care. <laughs> How could you leave that? That's Fine. that's the most interesting part of that game, Alex. That game's awful. It, it might be. <laughs> that's um. I think you captured the the tone of the comment perfectly too. You know, a lot of things yeah. are lost in text, but I'm pretty sure that was the exact tone. <laughs> you know, too. It's oh yeah, just the indignity. Come yeah, come on, man. <laughs> it's really important to me. I mean, if you're not gonna mention that, why even talk about it? <laughs> Put in the effort. I mean, come on, you went this far. Yeah, I don't know why you didn't just a, make it to the end. That's another <laughs> comment it. I get. Is that I'm lazy for not pointing that out it's like <laughs> come on like oh, that's geez. just ridiculous yeah but anyway i'm sure you get uh your fair share of uh well actually is on your, your yeah, channel well. yeah you, you know what the thing is like, i don't i don't have a, obviously like a huge audience so the more people uh, more eyes on your your videos obviously the more the the well actually well, are going to come in there but usually have really nice comments but yeah once in a while it's like trav and i okay, are setting cool. out to change that everybody needs to check out your channel <laughs> uh, yeah. Jimmy, it's import gaming for the win. FTW with an exclamation point. Uh, yeah, I think Trav. Do you have anything else? Is that about wrap it up? Yeah, I was just going to comment that I I think your channel is criminally unsubscribed or undersubscribed to. I think it it's well, certainly when I was watching mutual. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure when I was watching some videos, I'm like, damn, this guy's fucking good. And then I looked at the numbers, and I was like, come on now, where's everybody at? So <laughs> yeah, the sheer amount of stuff that you cover. I mean, it's Nintendo Wii, it's remasters uh, that are just recently picked up. You do like pickup videos, uh, retro for retro and modern. Um, series retrospectives, like if you guys listening, if if you really dig uh, 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 retro gaming and you're you want to like dip your toe into import gaming, this is a perfect. Your channel is a perfect resource for that. Yes. No, thank you. And I want to um, add that it's really good sense of humor too. It's not it's not a dry Ken Burns documentary about import gaming. <laughs> it is really entertaining. I have a lot of fun watching them. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad you guys, uh, yeah, glad you, you get that 
you like the sense of humor because you know sometimes it's like you know it's really subjective obviously oh, yeah. some people are like I, f- I, I hate this guy's jokes and like well I do too <laughs> you know so you're not, we're not alone but yeah, I appreciate that um, yeah and, you know there, there are like a lot of there are other like you know great channels out there that cover Japanese stuff you got like Kids Show Ryukin you got like Scruffy Looking RGB you got a lot of good guys out there but yeah it seems like there's really not that much um not as much as you would think, um, and you know your your channels. Obviously, you guys cover a lot of cool, like lost, forgotten kind of Japanese games too. But it, trying to it, it really focused on Japanese gaming. Obviously, I live here, so it's right. <laughs> by default. And maybe maybe you know I I, cover, I do cover a lot of stuff. Maybe I I'm just trying to throw things in the wall, see what sticks, and nothing really has. But <laughs> um, but I do appreciate the the kind words, and um, yeah, I'll keep doing it. I think I just need to put out more videos too, which I'm trying to do lately. Yeah, um, yeah, please. It's right fun. On. You know, it's just at the end of the day, it's fun. I'm sure you, you guys feel the same way. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of, it, it's, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. It's fulfilling. It's, it's a good way to express yourself and be right in the thick of your hobby while doing it. And you can't, yeah. you can't beat that. I feel slightly productive doing it too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that always helps. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks again, man. I know, uh, I know it's Sunday morning over there. Alex and I have a late night over here. So you have a good rest of your day, sir. Oh, thank you it. very yeah. much. Thanks I, I for will. taking the time. I uh, appreciate it again. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I just want to say also thanks to uh, Seth Hoffman. Oh, yeah. This uh, fellow oh, who was yeah, messaging guy. me. Yeah, like, you know, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll email you guys. And but I was like, I don't know if they want to talk to me. And But he was very, <laughs> he's very um, insistent uh, that you guys would uh, like to have me on. So I do appreciate that too, Seth. And, yep. and of course, Alex and Trev, thank you very much for having me on. And yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully we talk again. Yeah. No problem. Anytime, yeah, anytime. man. Thanks. That's our agent, so he's he's got us covered. So thank you, Seth. <laughs> we'll double that. Yeah, I thought. I thought. Yeah, he, he did also want a finder's fee or something like that. So I was like, okay. <laughs> hey, we didn't talk about no, that. Agent's fee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. That's been another Drunk Friend podcast. As always, you can check out our other podcast on our network, which is the Polymedia Network. You can head on over to polymedianetwork.com. We got a lot of podcasts over there. Uh, we got a few more that are coming soon. But right now, you can check out Tales of the Lesser Medium, Polykill, uh, Indie Quest, and Uncle Doug's DVD bin. You can also send us an email, and please do reach out to us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not interested in sending us an email, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating or review on a podcast app of your choice. That'll help us out big time. And you can rate us on Spotify right now. Do it. You can find us all on social media on Twitter. I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex, he is, of course, at SNESDrunk. And the track you hear it was, and the track you can hear right now. I don't know what happened there. Uh, what, what you're listening to right now is me having a stroke and a song composed by our friend Coolor. It's called Electric Star Bounce. You can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo. I hope you don't smell toast right now, but if you do, <laughs> tell Pearl. Be, be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. I'm <laughs> sorry.